the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, excuse me. (laughs) Welcome back. Let's think. It's mid-year. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe it's mid-year already. The uh, And so far, the markets are down this year. Uh, if I'm looking at the major indexes, uh, look at the, the NASDAQ's down the most, and it's down about 22%. The S&P's down 13, and the Dow's down 9. If you look from their all-time highs, it's actually, they're down a little bit more than that, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, Still not that big of a deal. Uh, I think the correction, what's interesting to me about this correction is that so many people are are so upset. I mean, this is not as bad as the pandemic was. Um, It's not as bad as 2008 and 2009. It's not even remotely close to that yet. And But, you know, I get it. People just, they don't like to see their money declining in value. And unfortunately, they don't teach this in school where investing, real investing, I can tell you, I had, I minored in finance when I was going to college and it's, it's mind boggling how much I didn't know when I got into the real world. And uh, so you'll, you'll hear me talk about this quite often. Uh, actually, I'm almost on every show because I'm always getting people who still, uh, Either they haven't listened to the show for very often or for very long, or they uh, are not paying attention. <laughs> I don't blame you. I know it's it's hard to pay attention, especially when you've got to uh, listen to a voice like mine. So, um, but you really need to know this if you want to be a successful investor. And incidentally, the vast majority of us need to become good investors, especially when we get close to retirement. When you're close to retirement, 
you can't afford, you don't have 40 or 50 years to, to make up for any lost time or uh, for a lot of bad mistakes. Now, when I say bad mistakes, that oftentimes people think that means, okay, you're going to be perfect or a professional is going to be perfect. Nope. You can't be perfect. You can't predict with a high degree of accuracy in the short run. And the definition of the short run is anything less than 10 years. That's the short run. And most people, I know they don't want to hear that. And I probably just had a bunch of people ch change the radio station, but that's the way it is. You got to look out over an extremely long time period. You have to have a lot of patience. You have to have some knowledge. And uh, most people are not going to have the time it takes to spend the kind of time that, that you need to spend if you're going, if you're going to get above average returns. And uh, even then, uh, the above average returns, people interpret that to mean I'm always going to beat the market. Well, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said above average return. Now, if you look at the average returns on the average investor, most people are going to laugh. Go to a company called Dalbar. Just, just Google that. D-A-L-B-A-R. And they study the investor behavior. So the, the average invest, investor does not do very well. They just don't. And they get, they get fearful when markets are falling like they are now. And then they want to raise cash. But see, they don't want to raise cash when the market's going higher, when it's at high. They want to, they want to sell when the market's low, when it's been dropping. That is such a horrible idea. And I understand how difficult it is. Psychologically, investing is difficult. If it weren't, we would all be billionaires. Just keep that in mind. So what are the challenges you got to put up with? You got to look at this stuff. There, there's a, a war going on right now. And probably the biggest military involvement, uh, without actually calling it a, a world war, uh, but most of the world's involved in it, yeah, uh, there's a war going on right now. And, you know, that stuff is scary. Uh, there's, you know, we still got the pandemic that we're dealing with. That's scary. So, and you're always, if you look back at history, you've always had stuff like this going on in the background. That's just the way the world works. I mean, there's all, there've always been wars in certain places. Sometimes there's a big one and other times they're relatively small. There have been sicknesses, uh, pandemics that have come, come and gone. Um, besides that, you, then you have banks that lend anybody that's breathing money, and then when they can't pay it back, you have a 2008 and 2009 on your head. That, that's not the first time any of that stuff has happened, and it won't be the last. Okay, so you just you got to figure out a way to deal with it, a, a way of ha handling and managing. The amount of risk you're taking. That's what you've got to do. And I've tried to simplify as, as much as I can. Uh, I know there's some things, they're just not that simple. You know, I've been talking a long time uh, for a few weeks now about fixed indexed annuities. Why am I looking at that? Actually, it's been a few months. Now that I think about it, it's been two years. <laughs> time really flies. Even if you're not having fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am... Uh, um, love my life. So anyway, the, uh, um, I just lost my whole train of thought there. Uh, don't get old people. Yeah. So we were looking at, I was talking about fixed index annuities and why I was looking at them. And it's because the guarantees that the f companies are willing to make, and there's more than one, there's a bunch of them out there. I have my favorites, but the guarantees that they're willing to make 
are higher than what the average investor is going to make on their own. Let me say that again. The guarantees that they're willing to make are, are generally higher than the amount of return that the average investor is going to get on their own. If you're above average, if you're an above average investor, then you have a chance of doing better than that. Um, but when you get close to retirement age, there's a one risk that, that pops up that a lot of people are not uh, aware of. I know because they call me and they're talking and they want to have a, a stock, all stock portfolio because that makes the most money in the long run. And they're pulling out 5% a year, which is a little bit past what would be considered normal these days. 4% or 3.5% is the new number. The uh, depends on your age. I have a tool that you know we use to try to estimate a, uh, a sustainable withdrawal. And if you want to see a report on that, uh, you can set up an appointment on the. You know, it could be on the phone, or it can be in person. There's no charge for that. I can run the numbers. Uh, it's a piece of software that's uh, owned by a company called BlackRock. They actually have more assets under management than Fidelity or Vanguard. So they're the largest asset manager on the planet. Um, I would think they would know a thing or two about managing money. <laughs> they, they, they know a lot about it. The, uh, and they use artificial intelligence to develop these programs and whatnot. So it's kind of neat. Uh, so you go in and you, you tell them what kind of investor you are. And I'm a low risk. I'm a medium risk, high risk. And here's how much money I have. And here's how much I have in other income. And then it'll run the numbers for you and show you what they fit, what they estimate to be a uh, sustainable. What that means is you live a normal life expectancy. You're, you're expected not to run out of money. That's a big, that's a big thing. That's a really big thing. So, uh, and if you're thinking along those lines, then, then great. <clears throat> we can uh, definitely help you out with that. Back to the fixed index. The reason that I, I've started talking about them when I first started, well, actually, I, I used to use a different type of annuity very often, and they changed. They go away, by the way. These products will not be the same products five years from now. They're going to change them. I don't know how they're going to change them. They changed, when they changed them, uh, I don't know, it was probably 15, 20 years ago, when they made a definite change. Yeah, it was about, wow, man, I'm getting old. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> The, uh, <clears throat> they made some significant changes and I looked at it and go, you know, that's really, I don't think that's in my client's best interest anymore. And that was because of the, the, the guarantees that they were making and the alternate, uh, alternative returns that you could get. You could get a 6% CD back then. If I could get 6% CDs today, I would have, I would be shutting my phones off because they would be ringing so much. The, uh, and that they just do not exist. They're getting closer and you've got treasuries, which I think are a really good alternative to uh, a lot of other fixed income products out there. But, you know, to get a, a, a two and a half percent return, uh, you can get that. And, and you're probably going to have to hold on to, for a couple of years. Um, you don't have to, by the way, you can actually sell those. If the treasury bonds, you can sell them. Uh, you get whatever the price is on that day because they trade in the market just like stocks do. Another thing that people are kind of unfamiliar with, <clears throat> once you put a bond, 
once you buy a bond from the bond market, you have to go back to the bond market when you want to sell it. The prices may or may not be at the same price you paid it for. Sometimes they give you a premium. You've made money on the bond in addition to the interest. Sometimes you get a discount. You get less than uh, you paid. And discount from PAR is, is, is actually not the same thing. Um, so you might have to take less money than you paid for it. The longer term you have to hold the bond, a 10-year bond is going to fluctuate more than a one-year bond, and a 30-year bond is going to fluctuate a lot more than a 10-year or a one-year bond. So you kind of have to match that up, and I've only got a, about a minute before I have to take a real quick commercial break. If you've if you heard anything there that, that you would really like to see more information on, you know, feel free to go to my website. It's Bill at, uh, I'm sorry, it's BillingtonCapital.com. You can email me at Bill at BillingtonCapital.com, too with a question. I get a lot of people that go to the website, by the way, and they forget to, forget to write in their question. Uh, so uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you have something specific, uh, or you just want me to, to reach back out to you, I mean, I can do that too. Uh, it's pretty hard to do <laughs> when, when I don't know what I'm uh, actually responding to. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just fill it in there and uh, I'll try to get back to you on that. Because this is a uh, this is really a strange time, both economically, uh, where stocks are, and I, you know I've gone back and looked. When they say it's different this time, you know, well, it's always a little bit different. Um, but this one's different in a ton of ways. There are opportunities there, and there are some pretty big risks. So identifying where those are, what they are, and let's avoid the unnecessary risk. And then let's look at the risk that we're probably going to have to take if we want to make a decent return on our investments. And uh, that's, I always say there's there's uh, multiple types of risk. There's the risk that you want to take. There's the risk that you uh, should be taking. And then there's more risk than you need. <laughs> so some people fall in, all of us fall in one of those categories. And uh, the, the best one, obviously, is there's a risk that you should be taking to reach your financial goals. And when we come back from a commercial break, we'll talk a little bit about that. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. And here we go. We're actually, I'm back. <laughs> Again, I'd like to uh, just point out, you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, and reach out to me there. There's a contact us page. I will definitely try to get back to you. And uh, I have to tell you, the internet, it's, it's unbelievable how much stuff 
is not working like it's supposed to. So I just noticed yesterday there were all, 10 contacts showed up in on my website where they had uh, filled these things out before. They didn't show up until yesterday. So if you haven't heard from me, um, that's that's the reason. And I, I'm spending, oh, probably four to five hours every other day or so holding while someone, one of the vendors, one of the software packages that we use, that everything we do is in the cloud, by the way, super secure. Um, and we have insurance in case somebody does hack us. Uh, the um, But bottom line is these guys are slow. I mean, it's unbelievably slow. You know. The, to get money transferred from one firm to another, incredibly slow. Uh, getting checks sent out, not too bad. Uh, if we can log in uh, to the uh, custodian's platform, that's that's not bad at all. But the uh, the other stuff, I mean, wow, I've just never seen it like this. I have never seen it like this. Even when the internet was relatively new, I guess that's probably why I didn't see it. Like when it was new, there weren't very many people on it or doing much with it, so it's a little faster. Now everybody and everything is on it, including their cell phones and iPads. And uh, yeah, I guess that wouldn't. And then the streaming services, I guess that is an awful lot of traffic. But uh, it really seems to have slowed down. And I guess this is my own con conspiracy theory that I think uh, Russian hackers are working overtime under the direction of Putin and uh, trying to disrupt everybody on everything. And, uh, and I think they're, they just don't want to talk about it. They will actually, once they've solved all these problems, then we will probably talk about it. Uh, you'll, you'll hear that stuff coming up in the mail or in the mail, <laughs> on the internet. Anyway, uh, I did want to mention real quick. I, I was saying that the fixed index annuities, one of the reasons I'm looking at them, I have been looking at them the past couple of years is because they do offer guaranteed income. And the guarantee is only as good as the insurance company un underwriting it, by the way. So, but keep that in mind. That's very important. Uh, and a product that I'm looking at, here's somebody, I just thought I would pick someone's got to start taking out their distributions, our re required minimum distributions next year. So they're 71 now. They're going to be 72 next year. They're going to have to start taking out their distributions. And with a hundred thousand bucks, you would be able to take out $6,603, okay? So a 72-year-old, That's that comes out to about 6.6% of what you've invested, okay? And that's one of the reasons that I'm looking at that. If you want to see this, by the way, if you'd like to go to that website and put your own numbers in there and see what it might generate for you, just email me say, and mention the uh, uh, fixed index annuity or just the annuity, and I will send you a link and you can get onto the page and play around with it yourself uh, and uh, see what you can come up with. If, if that same person, by the way, let's say uh, they wanted to wait because the first year they were going to get $6,603. But if they wait another year, it goes up to $7,141. It's a pretty big increase. And I go, well, they like that so much that how much would it pay if I put it off another year? Well, it goes up to 7735 the year after that, it goes up to 8,363. These are all on a schedule on the uh, website there. Um, by the way, if you wait uh, too long, I mean, this this changes on an ongoing basis. So the 
guarantees are going to change by the time you could even get an application in. Generally, not that much. But if you were to wait one or two years, um, this is, you know, the stuff that you're seeing now may be completely different. Um, they may have even, once an insurance company gets a certain amount of risk in one particular product area, they normally shut that product down and start a new one. So there will be new rules, new new numbers. And that was one of the reasons that I, I stopped looking at these quite a while ago was because the, the guarantees were not that strong. I mean, you hear these people talking about, oh, yeah, you never lose money. Well, yeah, but you don't make much either. And the guaranteed minimums are not high enough to be attractive to me anyway. When I'm looking at being able to, to create a source of income at a over a 6% rate for a 72-year-old, I went, wow, that's one of the few ways right now that exist that allow you to do that. Um, in the future, who knows? Nobody knows. Uh, I didn't think they'd start raising interest rates as fast as they did. Uh, neither did anybody else that I know of that, for that matter. And if they did, they could have bought an out-of-the-money put option on a, on a treasury contract and be a billionaire right now. <laughs> so uh, uh, depending on how much you put into it, you only have to put in about one twentieth of whatever you think. So in other words, you're gonna you can take one five uh, percent and turn it into hundred percent. But you have to buy the right ones at the right time. The timing's got to be perfect on that, by the way. So. That's why I'm still working. <laughs> and uh, that would be really, 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 really tough to get that perfect. And if you spent 5% of your money uh, and you tried to do that, you'd only be able to try it 20 times, and then you would actually be completely broke. But uh, so and that's why most of us should keep working and look at stuff like fixed index. <laughs> look at stuff like is regular stock accounts. The uh, I think stocks are in a good place. Uh, some of them are a little overpriced. That's true. Some of them are always a little overpriced. I think that across the board, you look out over the next five to ten years, the economy is you know, economy is actually doing quite well given the circumstances. You know, this, this stuff that's going on in the world, I'm amazed. Market's not down more than it is. I am absolutely amazed. And so it's it's been pretty resilient, in other words. And I think that once the, this conflict is ended however and whenever that you know all the rebuilding uh, all this stuff that the the new world order uh where you know the the good guys I'm pretty sure are coming out on top on this one uh it's it's going to benefit us i think there're going to be lots of long-term benefits and uh but there sure is a lot of short-term pain and that that's for sure and that, that's one of the things that you really have to get used to when you have when you're a stock market investor, whether you do it through individual stocks, um, exchange traded funds. That's my favorite mode, by the way. I have individual stocks that I like and I own. But the uh, the bottom line is most of my money is in uh, exchange traded funds where I can I can tell you exactly eat what each fund does with the money, how they're doing it and how they're different. Uh, so that's really important. I can't tell you how many people will come in and, and show me their portfolio. And I showed them the overlap in their portfolio. So I have this software package from Morningstar that lets me take your accounts and show you how many funds are holding the same stocks 
and you don't you think you're extremely well well diversified and you've got several funds that are all holding the same stocks <laughs> and by the way if you took the top 50 stocks out of the S&P 500 and just held them uh in just held the top 50 and you took a a, a look at it once a year that's got a track record that depending on the time period is just as good or better than the S&P 500 which so many people and professionals have a tough time beating so yeah i've looked at this in a long time <laughs> and there are uh you know some people like doing dividend based stocks because they like the idea of getting dividends and that's great you know that that's fine you can get dividend income um i would pay really close attention to how those stocks are picked if you do it just based on dividend income it's a little more uh, aggressive and it's a little more uh, volatile, which is mind-boggling to me. But it is a little bit more volatile. I get it. When a stock price is down, its dividend rate goes up. Now think about this. Let's say I got a $100 stock that's paying a $5 dividend. It's 5%. That's pretty good, especially in today's market. If that stock goes down to 50 bucks. They don't just they don't cut their dividend based on the share price. They're still going to pay five bucks. Okay. So that's a ten percent return in a dividend. Now, why would a stock drop by fifty percent if they weren't in trouble? You see what I'm saying here? The dividend yield itself, oh wow, it's paying ten percent. Well, yeah, you need to look behind the numbers behind that number particularly and find out what's going on at the company. What are their sales doing? What are their costs doing? Are the costs rising? Are they going to be able to maintain that dividend? More often than not, because there's so many professionals doing this now and so many computer algorithms out there calculating the numbers and making the buy and sell decisions faster than humans can think, in some cases, the um, it's it, it can be really, really hard to understand that a super high dividend yield is not always a good thing. And people have known that, I mean, since I was first in the business, you know, because back in those days, you, you, there were a lot of stocks that paid 10, 11, 12% dividends. Some of them were as high as 20, you know, right before they went belly up. And uh, so you got to watch that. You you want quality. And there's a, there's a fund out there. Uh, I use one of them. Uh, in the portfolios that we manage that looks at the underlying financial health of the company, looks at things like debt to equity ratios. It, it looks like at things like profitability. How profitable are these companies? So you can pay a dividend even when you're losing money. I've seen companies borrow money to be able to pay their dividend because they were losing money in their businesses. That is not a good sign. If you're borrowing money to pay a dividend, it's not a good sign. And it's so attractive. It just, it, it's like bees to honey. And some of that honey, you got you to gotta inspect that honey. Sometimes some of it's fake. <laughs> but, or it's going to evaporate and go away. And that's my point. If you're going to look at just stock investments, you better look at the quality of the stocks. I say I don't even have to worry about that anymore because a couple, actually there's more than one of the funds that I invest in that do that. They look at the things like return on total assets and uh, return on equity. And they look at profit margins and they look at size and how quickly is the stock going up relative to all other stocks that have the same characteristics. 
Okay, so there's a, a timing feature built in, and that's it's great. Uh, I, it really saves in a tremendous amount of work. And by the way, when you when you invest that way, when you have an exchange traded fund, okay, then you don't have to report in most cases the capital gains on all the turnover that's happened in the fund that year. That's a huge savings for people, especially, well, not in an IRA, but in a taxable account. That can save you an awful lot of money. And uh, if you're worried about having to pay taxes on a dividend, well, put it in a uh, non-deductible IRA. Um, put it in a, uh, um, a regular IRA. If you're working, you know, try to up your 401k plan contributions. and Use some of that money to live on. You know, you substitute that. Increase your 401k if you're not maxing out already. And then uh, whatever you're increasing it by, you can actually use that pool of funds to offset some of the, the cost there. Or, the, you know, the A-plus job is not to spend it at all. But, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure everybody's wondering what I was just talking about. But you get another chance to decipher that when we come back from these commercial messages. This is Bill Billington on 1420. Stay tuned. Lost your way, lost your cool, then you straight up lost your mind. Tried so hard to stay ahead, but you keep falling behind. Life is gonna pull you down, make it hard to see. But a little change in your point of view could be just what you need. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile when you think you can't smile. Get up and dance, smile. There's a bigger plan, the storm only lasts for After a season of night falls in pushbacks, after the heartache of wrong turns inside tracks, just when they think they got you game set match. Here comes a comeback. Just because you laid off, got up slow, unsteady. Don't and little Danny Goki there. Did you see him on American Idol? That was uh, pretty good. Actually, it was really good. And, uh, one of my favorite singers. But uh, anyway, listen, this is Bill Bullington. If you hear anything that you'd like more information on, feel free to go to my website and contact me or just call me 330 664 0700. Um, I'll try to help you the best I can. We're talking a little bit about the uh, economy this morning, the, uh, how the the growth in the economy is actually the, the growth in certain industries is pretty astronomical. Um, the growth overall is, is slowed down because obviously you've had a pandemic and now there's a war going on and you know, sanctions have reduced the amount of uh, energy that's gone into the world energy market and it's caused gasoline prices to, to spike inflation going up the more inflation measures what uh, cost of goods and services are across the country the uh it's you can google that and find all kinds of information but basically it's cost of living so when a cost of living is going up pretty quickly uh it, it means that you have less money to spend on discretionary items discretionary items are items like going to the movies, uh, maybe buying a slightly more expensive car, uh, buying some clothing that you really don't need just because you like the way it looks. <laughs> that's, a, that's discretionary spending. Um, Non-discretionary spending are things like food, uh, your electric bills, you know, that stuff that 
you have to have and um, the the index that that is supposed to match that is called consumer staples those are things that you are going to buy uh, that you have to buy you have to buy food you have to put um uh, you have to buy some clothing, not a lot, but you have to buy some and, and uh, anything. Anything, I'm assuming most people buy, you know, dish detergent and that type of thing. Those would be considered staples. The discretionary stuff, consumer discretionary, is stuff, you know, like getting that more expensive car. You know, if things aren't going well, you're probably not going to be looking at that. You're probably going to be looking maybe even at a used car. So, anyway, the uh, economy's been doing extremely well under the circumstances. I mean, not only did you have a pandemic and then they started raising interest rates, now you got a war that's jacked inflation up and they're raising interest rates even higher. And uh, it, it's pretty incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And this time around, raising interest rates when a large portion of the higher inflation has come from this war, I'm not sure that that's actually going to work all that well. It'll slow the economy down. That's what they're they're thinking that, you know, the inflationary prices. But you had a war going on. That, that, that's a little bit different. So, and again, it's always different. And so I know we've got a lot of smart people there and they, they an incredibly intelligent group of people that work at the Federal Reserve so let's just keep our fingers crossed, and and they will adjust. By the way, if if they find out that they've made a mistake and they they raise rates too quickly, they'll they'll drop them again. So that's the great thing about, I think, this country in general. You don't have to wait. I mean, think about it. You don't have to wait. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You don't have to have a an overthrowing of your government, um, a mutiny. You can actually just wait for the next election and just vote them right out of office. That's really the brilliance, <laughs> one of the brilliant things about the United States when the forefathers were setting this up. So I'll uh, spare you that speech. I know you probably heard it a million times listening to this show, but it, it doesn't mean it's less true. <laughs> I just go over it a lot. So uh, having said that, I'm, I'm going to start talking about some individual stocks here because I, I do get a lot of calls from people that, that want me to talk about them or a lot of emails. And, you know, there's actually some stuff that's coming up that looks pretty decent. So and in fact, I'm looking at FedEx. One of the reasons I'm bringing up FedEx is because um, most people recognize FedEx. The symbol is FDX. The stock was down to 90 bucks uh, in 2020. And it had actually dropped from two hundred and seventy-three dollars a share, all the way down to ninety bucks, and now it's at two twenty-five. It's off the three hundred one. Which let me see if that was the yeah that was the all-time high. Um, let's see here. Yeah, actually it got up to more than three hundred one. Was three seventeen. Now it's down to two twenty-five. Um, so in it peaked in 2021, by the way, and has been coming down. But when I look at it, it's got a price-to-sales ratio of 0.64. Okay, that's pretty low. The average for the industry is somewhere around 1, one to 1. 1.5. So when you're at 0.64 and a 1 would be average, that's pretty good. You know, that's 75% gain if it goes back to normal. 
Uh, goes back to average. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll see if it does that or not. But uh, that's one of the things I, I kind of like to, to look at. These are recognizable names. Uh, FedEx has been around a long time. I haven't looked at their financial statements in quite a while. So, in fact, as soon as this show is over, I'm going to go pull them up and, and take a look there because that, that might be worth looking at. Anyway, there's a bunch of uh, um, older, bigger companies. In fact, the one right in front of FedEx, because I have them ranked a certain way, uh, is a company called uh, Borg Warner. They've been around forever, too. Old industrial company. Doesn't you, you would think that those big behemoths wouldn't move that much. That thing went from $52 a share in 2018 by the bottom of 2020, you know, after the uh, pandemic had its way, stock was down to 16 bucks. Then it goes all the way back to 52. Now it's at 40. And this is a giant company, by the way. It's, I mean, it's huge. It's billions of dollars. And it's just mind boggling that they moved that much. Even today, I remember uh, when I first started in the industry, that was not unusual. Actually, it's never been unusual, but I kept thinking, well, one day these stocks will probably get too big. And uh, what I really didn't count on was that the Fed would keep printing money faster than the rate of the economy is growing by making that money available, at least a small portion of it, uh, for investment in stocks. And that continuous flow of money coming into the market is going to cause a lot more volatility uh, when money is shifted around within the market. So that's what we see. And, uh, you know, people ask me oftentimes, uh, you know, don't you get afraid? And everybody has fear. I just don't let it control me. And uh, am I worried about the market going down and staying down? I, I'm not really that worried about it. I maybe when I was, you know, maybe 20 years ago, I still used to worry about it a little bit. But uh, these days, I'm like, no, I, I've been seeing this for so often. And, and valuations, yes, they are high. And yes, I've got a bigger percentage of my portfolio into fixed products. I have the fixed index from Nationwide that I was talking about earlier. And again, if you want to see that, um, if you want to go to a website where you can put your age in there and how much money you would invest, it, it'll give you a, it'll show you what you could expect as a return. And that's the fixed return. And oftentimes I hear people talking about these products and they say, yeah, but you're going to make money on the stocks. Well, the stocks would have to go up a lot for you to do better than the fixed return, especially when you consider that the fees that, that the insurance companies have to charge because they're for-profit for profit businesses. So to make enough money to outperform the underlying guarantees, it is it likely Probably not. I, I think the guarantees are the uh, strong enough to stand on their own. And I really don't think that based on the product lineup that I see, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff with this, by the way, that makes it really complicated. I just don't think the investment side of it is going to do as well as the guaranteed side will. So that's kind of what I focus on. What, what are my guarantees? What's the worst case scenario? And uh, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it makes a lot of people feel a lot better. I did not realize just how many people were were um, kind of hungry for guaranteed products. And they hear me talking about treasuries. And, yeah, they're guaranteed, and the yield uh, is really low. Uh, but it's liquid, which means you can go in and get it without having to pay penalties. 
the prices will fluctuate, so you got to be aware of that. Um, they don't fluctuate a lot if you stick to the short-term ones. And the interest rates are better than most CDs are, but they, uh, uh, they're they not high. I mean, you talk about you know, 2.5% for a two-year treasury. Uh, if it's in a taxable account, you, know, you don't have to pay state of Ohio uh, income tax on it, which is really not that much to begin with, but, you know, it is a benefit. And, uh, um, but, you know, two and a half percent on a million dollars is $25,000 and you do have to pay federal taxes. The, uh, so it's not that much. Uh, will it help? Yes, it helps. Is it higher than most bond funds? Yes. Does it have less risk than most bond funds? Yes, it does. So, it's an option. It's a viable option. And if you're not going to use that, uh, let's say you don't have, sometimes they have minimums. You can't uh, invest in one without a certain amount of money. That just depends on the market. And by the way, that changes by the minute. Uh, but if your account's really small, then you want to look at these exchange traded funds who are investing in bonds like those bonds. Okay. That's what you want to do. Try to find something that's staying short term, mostly treasuries. And I think you'll be in pretty good shape. So, uh, again, if you have any questions or you'd like to talk about your situation, you know, my industry has made the made financial planning, particularly retirement planning, incredibly difficult. It's not that hard. It really isn't. I mean, basically, you've got you. If you don't know what your Social Security is going to be, uh, or don't have an estimate of it, go get one. Go online and set up an account. Have them send you a projection of what your Social Security might be. Um, if you have a pension, you can contact your HR. And you can get a statement that shows you w- what your retirement benefits are. Uh, you, pro- you may already know all this stuff. So for those of you that are ahead of the pack, congratulations. If you don't, your human resources department at your company typically has a uh, contract with a vendor like a Fidelity who uh, handles more 401k accounts than Social Security Administration does Social Security accounts. Can you believe that? That That's mind-boggling. Uh, anyway, they have information that you can get there. You can always call someone like me. Um, we can uh, help you try, try to find who you need to contact to get those guaranteed numbers. Once you've got the guaranteed numbers, and some people, there are their own guarantees. Um, I've got, yeah, mine's just Social Security. Everything else is is me. It's whatever I put in my pension plan every year that I'm going to have to make projections for. But that's really it. You've got the sources of income that you're going to have, whether it's a pension or your savings, and you take that number, you, you multiply the savings by uh, 4%, or you get an estimate from uh, one of the software packages out there, what's a sustainable income. If you want to try to do this for yourself, I'm not sure if they have... Um, calculators that will do that they make you tell them what you think the sustainable income is and uh, if you're going to use that i would probably go conservative on on the amount that you're going to make i see people all the time putting in 10 percent because they've looked up somewhere on the internet and said the stock market since 1926 has averaged 10 percent yeah, but it's been down 85% during that time period. It's been down 50% more times than I can remember in that time period. And if that happens to you and you're in there, that's going to change your returns big time. Okay. And they call it a sequence of returns 
risk. Sequence means timing. The sequence of returns, the timing of returns. So if you got started in March of 2000, right before the market went down, where the S&P went down over 50% in the next three years, that was a three-year slide. It's going to look a lot different than somebody who started in March of 2003. They're going to think stock market's the greatest thing that's ever existed. And you're going to think it's one of the worst things that's ever existed. And it was timing. So that's the hardest part, I think, about financial planning. As far as how much you're going to spend on a budget, that's up to you. You know, and if you're overspending, you should probably know that. You know, and I know a lot of people don't, but the uh, you need a, a a budgeting spreadsheet. Hit me up; I'll send you mine. I'll send you the one I use. So you just have to have some idea of what you would need to maintain your lifestyle. If you don't know, a, a good safe number is uh, about seventy five percent of what you make now. The, uh, some people will say 80 and 90, by the way, some people are spending 110% of what they make, you know, they, they're spending more than they earn, uh, each year. So that, that part of it's probably one of the hardest parts is you just have to track your bills for a few months and figure out what you actually have to have. Once you get that down, you're pretty good. So if you're one of those people that, that already does that, congratulations, uh, you're actually one in 30. They, uh, when you walk past the mall about 30 29 other people that you pass by are not doing what you're doing <laughs> anyway I hear the music i didn't even get to finish that thought that's okay come back next week i'll uh, finish it then and uh again this is bill bullington i'm here every saturday morning 11 to noon if you would like to reach out to me bullingtoncapital.com have a good weekend everybody good luck and good investing You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.